Hello and welcome back to It's Time for Recess, a podcast about making time in our daily lives to have deeper, genuine conversations with the people around us. Thanks for tuning in to this final episode of our mental health series, and also the final episode of 2020. Just reflecting back on all the different topics that we covered in the podcast so far, you know, all the way from the start of something new, where we talked about new friendships and new club involvements and enactus, navigating the uncharted and creating Amplify from scratch and creating our own career paths, to reflecting on our time at university and thinking about, you know, our first year experience, all the way to careers and also reflecting on the good times and the not so good times. And then talking about everyday leadership and diversity and how that plays a part in shaping the conversations that we have together. And also hearing from a leader in our own community about their experiences. And finally here, mental health. And it just goes to show how, you know, when we take time out of our day to, you know, have a recess, reconnect with people in our lives who we care about and who we haven't really connected with in a while just to see how they're doing, but also have these wonderful conversations about whatever it may be, so that we can learn more about their stories and also get to know them and what they care about in a more deeper level. Regardless of what it is, I think just having that recess and enjoying each other's company is what this podcast is all about and what it will continue to be in 2021. Okay, anyways, back to this episode. In part three, Brielle, Joanna, Victor, and I, we're gonna be talking all about wellness you know, the mindset shifts that we have to encounter to be better, but also the practical strategies and things that we do to get into that positive headspace and really take action on our own mental wellness. You know, I think mental wellness has always been relevant, but definitely, especially now, given that we're dealing with unprecedented times and, you know, the normal that we used to know uh, may no longer exist, right? We might have a new way of living. Coping with that is really important and we're just going to be talking about our journey with coping. I think really it's a good way to end 2020 on a high note. So I thank each and every one of you for listening not only to this episode but also to the other episodes, you know, and supporting my podcast journey throughout 2020. And I wish you all the best and a happy new year for 2021. But for now, let's start the conversation about mental wellness. This meeting is being recorded. Oh, I hate that sound. <laughs> she sounds like Jenny from The Good Place. Or what's her name? Jenny? I think it's Jenny. The recording place? Yeah. Okay, I'm going again. <laughs> um, it's time for recess. Talking about our experiences and strategies, at least, that we've found to be really helpful in getting ourselves mentally better, can you share a little bit about what you've gone through or what strategies you kind of learned helped you in getting better and helping you become more resilient? There's something that's to be said about like the, the saying, like, variety is the spice of life. And I, I tend to, I find that to really be the case for me. Um, my own personality tends to be kind of more like a jack of all trades kind of person. And so I, I find that myself personally, I may not be necessarily great at one thing, particular thing, but I can be decent at like a lot of different things and then having like a tendency or like willingness to explore stuff. So for me, like actually what helped with my mental health recovery and like my general wellness 
is to try some new things every once in a while. What really got me to where I am now, where I feel mentally pretty good most of the time, is just that I took some time back in early university to really reflect on like what I genuinely enjoyed doing, but not just what I enjoyed doing, but like the reasons as to why I enjoyed doing it. For instance, like I would, I've done music for so long because it was for me something that I enjoyed doing. But what I really liked out of music was that I wanted to perform. Like I, I enjoyed performing. And so I took that aspect and then shifted it amongst different aspects of music. Like for me, I picked up a new instrument like the ukulele a couple of years ago because yes. <laughs> I, liked, I liked performing and I ended up using that to perform in front of other people. I wrote hip hop music in high school um, as a means of trying to reflect on things, but also because I could perform it. I also, you know, and I took that and I changed into writing poetry. And uh, because for me, that was also something that allowed me to do something that I genuinely enjoyed, which was performing. And at its core, it seemed like I was constantly trying new things, but at the same time, it was doing something that I also really liked to do. And then that also gave me the confidence knowing that because I knew something about myself and there's something that perhaps I enjoyed doing, I was able to stretch out, branch out and say that I'm able to do all these things. And it's allowed me to be like comfortable with myself knowing that there is a certain sense of pride to it. There is certainly a sense of pride to it, but also a sense that things will be okay. I have places I can go to. I have space that I've created for myself mentally and physically that will, will have a good return, so to speak. Music and poetry are great avenues to uh, express yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, for myself, I have a few practical exercises of things that I um, kind of go back to and use. I realized um, early on that sometimes when I'm so so in my head and just such in a downward spiral or whatever it is like everything in my head is just completely clouded I don't know what I'm doing right um something that's been really helpful I took it out even though people listening cannot see this I just like keep note cards of practical like tips that I follow like step by step yeah yeah like tell me like how to calm down like what's my distraction plan is because I know that when I'm in that headspace and when I'm just going through so much like I don't have that power in me yet to just completely just control my thoughts just like that without anything so having these kind of like little note cards it's just kind of like my little toolkit I guess having your own like little personal toolkit whatever it is like the self-care or whatever you need keep that back in your mind or literally physically is very helpful just having some practical exercises here like I have things such as you know a few like mindfulness exercises here some like tips to like Think about, pull out your good memories card. So I have like another card where I like wrote all my good memories. Anyway, that's like TMI, but like that is kind of the, some of the practical exercises that I think really helped me. Um, knowing what works for you is just trial and error. Like just keep on trying to see like, you know, what works for you when you're going through something that's really difficult. Nick, what about you? Okay. One of the things that I like to do is take a shower. <laughs> and <laughs> mm-hmm. not only to get clean, right? Okay, I should probably explain the context behind. So, you know, a lot of times we go through our life doing a lot of things. And there's not a lot of time during the day to actually, when you're actually doing those things to actually think about why you're doing them. It's kind of like a way of life or a trap that we fall into a lot of the times when we don't have that time or that headspace to really just think and reflect on what we're actually doing or how we're actually feeling 
uh, about doing those things, right? We might be feeling drained or de-energized or unmotivated or all these feelings that make us feel down when we're doing certain tasks, right? And I remember watching uh, some TED Talk about a guy who's talking about essentialism, thinking about those few things in your life that are very vital and important to you versus recognizing the many things that you're doing that might be trivial or might not be as important or value-adding to your life that you might just be very busy doing uh, without thinking about I found that by giving myself some time each day, like 10 to 15 minutes in the shower, or it can be whatever way you people like to do it, right? It can be just, you know, before you get up from the bed, right? Just having 10 to 15 minutes in your bed thinking. Or maybe it's taking a walk for 10 to 15 minutes around your neighborhood. Really anything. Just to have that space where you're away from your computer, you're away from any distractions you have that time for yourself just to check in with yourself and really put a pause on everything you're doing and really think about are all the things I'm doing right now that I feel like I'm so busy and like juggling all these things, are there things that are more valuable to me or less valuable to me? And what are those things, right? And how am I feeling when I do them? And a lot of times I find myself like these 10 to 15 minutes were the most important time in my day because I'm actually weeding out the things that might make me unhappy or frustrated or whatever, negative feeling. And just think about, you know, maybe that's not as big of a deal in the bigger picture. And why am I still thinking that it is? And putting so much effort into doing that little thing that won't mean a lot in the bigger picture, right? Whereas I might be neglecting many of the things that are vital to me. A good example is like sometimes I would go in the shower and I would think about my organization Amplify. What are we doing? What are all these things we're trying to do? Why is the team thinking this way? Like, there's a lot of things that I'm thinking about. But by having that time to pause and just really think like, what's important in the things I'm trying to do and amplify that I really should be focusing on, right? And one of the things that I thought about was trusting my team and letting my team focus on the execution part of what we're trying to do, like the events and all that stuff, and giving myself time to just focus more on the strategic planning, thinking about the long-term future. Because I found myself always focusing on those minute details that take so much time, right? Like that I didn't have time to really think about the big picture. And that led to the team being unclear about what's even going on and like what we're trying to do in the bigger picture, right? So by pausing and re-evaluating what's important to me allowed me to clear up a lot of frustration dealing with these logistical details and wondering why people were you know, unmotivated or lost in terms of what we're doing and really focusing on realigning my priorities in a, in a sense, right? So that I'm focusing on what makes me happy and what I think provides for a good solution to the problems I'm facing rather than thinking about those bandage fix solutions that I have to keep slapping on every time a problem arises. But maybe there's a way I can think about how I can deal with a solution in a more sustainable way. That's just one example. So for me, it's showering. For you, it might be something else, right? But as long as we give that ourselves that time to think and reflect distraction-free and really be honest with ourselves and what we're feeling then I think we're on the right track to improving our mental wellness and also our lives uh, overall. Well, thanks all of you for sharing. It's, yeah, like I said at the beginning, it's really interesting to see how people tackle their own mental health in different ways. And you can always learn things from people. For me right now, like when Nick is asking, oh, like, how did you recover? Like, how are you recovering? And I think 
In the last few months, especially, I've been very much in a season of recovery. So for me, it's honestly right now, it's so cliche, like Joe is saying all these things, but it's just taking it day by day. So for me in the season, I've experienced mental health in ways that I never have. So when I'm experiencing those, I'm like, what do I do? Like, for example, I've had like a lot of nights or like days in the morning where it's really, really hard for me to get out of bed. And like, I don't really have like an explanation. Like, I don't know, like this plus this equals me having a hard time getting out of bed. Like there's probably different factors, but, um, or like something happens and for some reason it's a big trigger that I didn't expect. And then I'm spending a couple hours like crying before I go to bed. And I don't really know why that kind of got to a point where I was like, well, I think I'm a very self-aware person but I'm still having a really hard time working through this and understanding myself and knowing how to self-care. Yeah, definitely talking to mentors. And I think friends are a wonderful support and can help you, you know, have fun, be a listening ear. But in a way, most of our friends are our sim- like similar age. You know, it's kind of like the blind bleeding the blind. Like <laughs> they don't really know what we're doing. We don't really know what we're doing. So I usually try to seek help for more serious matters from mentors or people that have walked life longer than me, people who are professional, because that's where I find the most like practical ways to combat whatever I'm struggling with. And I think I've also been learning. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just like being a business student. It's like, okay, we have these problems. Like, how do we mitigate? And what is the best solution? But then sometimes, like, I don't think life is about finding the right answer. (laughs) Yeah, it's not about finding the right answer. It's like, it's okay to sometimes just not know. And just be like, okay, I'm like really upset right now, or I'm having a really hard time, like feeling motivated. And I feel like I'm seeing sides of myself that I haven't before, but like, do I have to know right now in this moment what the root cause of that is? Because that I think causes me more stress because I'm like, how do you not know? And how come you can't help yourself? And it's that grace of understanding, like we're so complicated as human beings and the best that I can do is to do my best to get the professional help that I need Um, not to put such high expectations that oh you've been in this season for like three or four months like what are you still doing here like that's not helpful like I would never say that to a friend so definitely being mindful of thoughts but then sometimes you know you just slip further than you wish you would but I think that's very much part of life that sometimes you can't yeah you can't always control those things you can't always know the perfect thing to do when you're struggling with something and that is part of the learning process like it's super messy it's not perfect. It's always hindsight 2020. So I'll probably look back in a few years and be like, oh, what was I doing? Or yeah. But I think for me, it's just really giving myself that understanding that it's okay not to, not to always know. And sometimes you really just have to ride out those emotions or ride out that season. Yeah. Not put that pressure on yourself to have it figured out as soon as it happens. Yeah. I get really frustrated with that too. For me, I, I hate not knowing, like not knowing the why and the root cause. And I catch myself asking those very similar questions like, you know, what's happening? You know, what is uh, X plus Y equals me not being able to get up? Like, I need to know the reasons. And I just fall deeper and deeper in this downward spiral. And I just start thinking about, is it because of this or is it because of this event? And trying to see all those antecedents and trying to figure out why I am the way I am. Then I realize, like you said, sometimes you just got to take it day by day. And it's okay to not always know what's going on. Like maybe later on you'll figure it out, but it's, it's totally fine. You just have a day off and self-care is really trial and error. I think for me, I like Nick, 
I tried mindfulness, um, I tried meditation, and I realized I could do it in five minutes, like five minute mindfulness, little exercises, but not in like a 30 minute meditation session. For some people, it's journaling. For some people, it's petting a dog. It's, it's so like trial and error. And it's just, I think for me, it was trying a bunch of different things and seeing how each of them made me feel to figure out, um, you know, which ones were the best practices that I needed to keep in my little toolkit. Yeah, Sorry. and I find that it, like self-care changes depending on the season. So there's things that I, like when I went through stuff initially, when I transferred to UBC, really intensely things that I did you know, once I was ready to heal and move forward, that really helped me. And so now I'm in a season again, where I feel like I need to rebuild things and I really need to heal. But those same things that helped me before aren't necessarily the things that, you know, my go-to ways to self-care now. So it's definitely like frustrating in a way because you're like, I thought I figured this out. Like I've been through something similar. Like why isn't this working again? Or even when you kind of understand the root cause and you still feel like that doesn't help. I think it's just super frustrating. So yeah, just like the ebb and flow of being able to be okay with not knowing Joe is exactly, yeah, how I feel about it. What you guys, what, what Brielle, you just mentioned about like how things that used to work no longer do happens a lot more often than I think many people expect it to. And for me, like I remember ultimately, a lot of times I do remember when I, when I would like mentally spiral, a lot of it would be again, like also trying to find kind of the cause of like how I'm feeling. And I think a lot of times it's trying to solve and trying to find something like you always, I think as well, like we grew up in a way where we're almost wired to solve problems, but mental health isn't necessarily something that you have to solve, solve. And I think that that's something as you go along in life, you kind of start to realize that a lot of things don't get solved right away whether it be, you know, in your personal life and business and like in, in, in many other ways, like things don't get resolved. And, and that's kind of how it goes. I remember reading this random comic strip online. This is what like, and that was like my inspiration of like how I believe it was, the comic was about Superman trying to talk down somebody from jumping off a building. And I believe it's a fan-made comic. And someone said how, like at one point Superman would go, things are good, things are bad. And, and sometimes they just are the way they are. And sometimes there, are, there is no explanation to them. And that stuck with me a lot because I think that that was kind of like a mindset I slowly started adopting over time was like, yeah, sometimes things just are the way they are. And lately I've been talking to people about how I kind of went through a whole bunch of courses this past summer where I was trying to take them for my professional accounting designation. And a, a lot of times I was like, this is ridiculously difficult. And it's had a toll on my mental state because I'm like, I'm literally eating, living, sleeping, breathing this one particular set of courses. But then I kind of thought about it and I was like, okay, you know what? This is hard. This is hard. And it just is. But now I'm here on the other side having completed and passed them all. And I was like, okay, well, suddenly I start to understand why I went through it. And it feels easier. Like... I tell this to people now is that this is the easy that I wanted in my life. Like there are so many things in life, almost everything that is hard and that you chose your hard so that you can earn your easy. And, and like that in a way for me as well, I, I, I can almost apply that to my own mental health as well, because unfortunately for most of us, mental health isn't something we choose sometimes, right, but what yeah. we choose, how we choose to deal with it is, is the hard that we choose. And I think we can all agree that it's difficult to choose how to work with your mental health. 
because how you work with it is the most difficult part. And then what comes out on the other side, hopefully is the easy that you, you are trying so hard to earn as well. I like how we're all just snapping too. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I so agree on the, like being selective, I think is important when it comes to building out a strong support network and system. You don't want to, obviously you don't want to surround yourself with people that make you feel worse. And at the same time, you want to understand people's limitations. I think that was very important for me when I was um, starting to realize, you know, who meant a lot in my life or who I can reach out to when I was going through times and who wouldn't make me feel guilty when I disappeared for a month or two uh, because I was just going through too much. I just could not. And, you know, sometimes that's not the privilege that every person has because not everyone, you know, has that community of people that like to share. But I think it really does start with just being vulnerable with one or two people that seem to care a little bit about you. And building that relationship forward was really important for me as I built out my support network. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, I think a good way to summarize our entire conversation um, <laughs> today is, you know, just seeing if you have any final advice or things you wanted to share that you think are things that you found pretty profound or impactful when you were reflecting back on your mental health journey. What are those key points and things that you try to keep in mind when you're going throughout your day? Yeah, just thinking about your overall health and mental wellness. Yeah. Yeah, so for, there's two things. So the first thing being what we touched on a little bit earlier about once you have that intention to get help, that is really important. So that's something, a, bit, a really big learning curve for me that I can choose how big my step is that day for getting better. And if you know, as a human, if I feel that day, oh, it's really hard. And I just, you know, I feel like I can't move forward today. That is also okay. Having the long-term goal of wanting to get better is really important, I think. But the process of how you do that, that is personal. And that's not up for someone else to dictate. And something that I've also found really helpful is like sharing my story. And when Nick has said, oh, like I think of you guys as a mental health advocate, I was like, oh, I never thought of myself in that way at all. But again, like when you're going through things, you have the autonomy, how much you want to share, like how vulnerable do you want to be depending on the audience. But I think like hearing all of you and your stories of mental health is definitely like impactful to my journey and going through healing. If no one ever shared their stories, I think yeah, it would just, you know, there'd just be a loss in the world in a way, because I've had people who come up to me and after I've shared my story, they're like, wow, I actually never knew that you went through those things just because of your personality. And I think actually Joanne and I had that conversation one time where she's like, yeah, like, I didn't know that mental health was like a thing for you because when I saw you around school or like whenever I talked to you, you seemed so sure of yourself. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think that's something that's like really healing in a way too, that you know, you can humanize people and you can, you, you can be both things. You can be someone that, you know, maybe seems like they have it together. They're confident and, but also someone at the same time that struggles with mental health. Like you can be all those things. If you're thinking about, oh no, what is everyone going to think if I share that I'm struggling with this? Like, will they think I'm weak? Will they think like, will they pity me? Will they look at me differently? But something that really helps me when I'm sharing my story is what if there's one other person out there that was in a season that I was in? Like, what if I could share something that might just help that one person? It's not about the amount of people you're talking to, but it's about, yeah, that deep impact. Yeah. 
I think my two things um, were really uh, mindset shifts that I needed to have. The first one was the realization that I needed to, because it's a very cliche saying, but I needed to love myself before I could love others. For quite a few years, I completely rejected that statement until I realized that um, I started to become very dependent on other individuals uh, for my source of happiness to fill up that kind of empty self-love that I didn't have for myself. And then I realized when I became so emotionally dependent on, you know, certain people in my life, I started to expect more. And then I just became so dependent on them that I kind of lost my sense of self. And it was until I kind of you know, made that commitment going through, you know, a breakup and realized that, you know, it's, it's, it's really, I need to be confident with myself, be happy with myself before I can truly do the things that I love and that I can't depend on other people for my source of, you know, self-care. Having a strong support system is great, but, you know, there is a, a point, um, there's an extent that you can have a support boundaries. system. Boundaries. <laughs> yes, boundaries. Um, so I'm very thankful for those that set those boundaries for me. And um, the second piece of the second mindset shift that I really had to realize for myself was acceptance, not avoidance. <laughs> um, for a long time, you know, I, I hated that stupid mental health issue stigma thing. Like I hated labeling myself, right? I was afraid of sharing um, you know, my issues because it made me feel like not as good. You know, I, ha I have a, a big ego. Like I don't want people to see me as weak. I want to be that strong, independent woman that don't need no man. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, like I didn't want to accept the fact that there are some issues in my life that I can't seem to tackle very well and that I need to get outside support. But after a while, I realized I just need to accept that, you know, that it's okay to, another cliche statement, it's okay to not be okay because like we're literally human. Like we only have one life and there's so many things that just affect us on an everyday basis. And it's time to just accept that that's what every single human goes through. And it's okay to, you know, get the help that I needed. So not avoiding my problems was a really big one. I've also found lately, um, one of my friends told me this to have like a few check-ins with myself during the day. So they're like, oh, maybe try like three or like five. And I tried five. And for me, that was super overwhelming to ask myself five times a day. What do you need? How do you feel? Like, where do you feel it? And I was like, ah, this isn't working for me. Um, so then I decreased <laughs> it to three. And then that's what I actually found helpful, even though it was super hard. So I think sometimes you're like, oh, self-care, like, you know, we think avoid baths and like doing face masks or like going on mm. a run. But sometimes self-care is super uncomfortable sometimes, especially if you're a person that's not used to asking yourself, what do you need to put yourself in that mindset? Because then you're also in another headspace where you're like, I don't know what I need. And that in itself can be counterproductive. Mm -hmm. So definitely um, self-care can be something as easy as taking a bath, but it can sometimes be something where it is a lot more work because you're kind of having to train your mind and train yourself to have that discipline to take care of yourself. I guess I'll bring it full circle back to 483. Uh, I, I believe it was... Um we had a guest speaker and I remember very particularly professor Bob was like talking about after, after she had left, he talked about how consistent she was as a person. And so, yeah, I believe it was Tamara then. Yeah. And regardless of what kind of place she was in, you know, on one hand, it sounds like almost like, Oh, like, are you keeping a persona all the time? But no, I think that on, on the flip side, it's really about 
if you are going through something, show that you are going through something and don't be afraid to talk about it. Like be consistent. And, and having that kind of consistency allows you to really be yourself. And then for, for me, for a long time growing up, like I struggled a lot with being myself because I felt like I had to be somebody else for different types of people. And it wasn't really until late high school and early university that I realized, you know, like ultimately the right people will show up in your life when they will. And the people that you keep in your life are also the people that see you for who you are, who you actually are, right? And that's something that I am starting to learn to continue to, to, to learn to do that is to be consistent and to understand that regardless of how good or how bad things are going, if you can show who you are and be honest with not only yourself, but with people around you, it is ultimately the best policy because it doesn't mean you have to keep you know, lying about certain things about yourself. You don't have to have that moment where you're like, oh yeah, like, did I tell you this? Or like, am I, should I be saying this or should I be doing? No, you say it because you know you can say it and you have that headspace to say it. And it's hard. It's very hard to consistently do that. And it's still something I'm trying to learn to do too. But I think that's probably what I've, probably my biggest takeaway from that. What a great way to end our episode here. Thanks for sharing everyone. And also thanks for coming on. I think this has been a very uplifting, rejuvenating, therapeutic. therapeutic chat and something that I think is very valuable. And I appreciate you being in my life and also being able to share your mental health stories with me and with everyone else listening. Thank so you. thank you for being on. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you for inviting us. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Nick, for organizing, for facilitating the conversation, inviting us to have a space where we can safely share. Yeah. Super heartwarming. Thank you again and see you next time on It's Time for Recess.